the 2020 midterm elections are over and the red wave turned out to be only a red ripple. Voters in California, Vermont, and Michigan approved ballot measures enshrining abortion into their state constitutions, while those in red states like Montana and Kentucky rejected measures that would have restricted abortion. And at press time, the United States Senate is still up for grabs. Today, I'll provide insights into what happened and where we go from here. Activist Radio of the Mark Harrington Show is brought to you by Created Equal. And you can support our work by going to createdequal.org and just click on the right side. There's a little donate link there and you can give to our ministry, which is out on the front lines of the culture wars. We're on the college campuses, at high schools, overpasses, urban centers all across America, making the case that abortion is an act of violence that kills a baby, trying to change public opinion. Well, today on the program, I want to give a little after action report on the election of 2022. Now, I'm not going to go into detail as per all the candidates and the House races and Senate races and governor races. I'm going to try to hit the highlights as it relates to mostly the issue of abortion. As you can imagine, being your radio activist, that's what I care about the most, the, the ending of the shedding of innocent blood. So we're going to talk about that today. And if you've been following the program, you know I've been focusing a lot of time and effort and Created Equal has spent a lot of time up in the state of Michigan trying to make the case to defeat Proposition 3. And I had Kristen Polo on the program several times from Protect Life Michigan. And unfortunately, Proposition 3 passed. That means that Pro-abortion activists passed the proposition that legalizes abortion up until the very moment of birth. It's enshrined in the state constitution, unfortunately. So we were defeated in our efforts to try to stop that from happening. But so I'm, I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to talk about some of the lessons learned. We're also going to talk about Kentucky. What can we learn from that defeat? And then we're going to look at Ohio. And a little bit, we're going to take a look at the DeSantis race in Florida and talk a tiny bit about the upcoming presidential election in 2024. So let's just start out talking about Michigan. First of all, let me address those Michiganders who invested lots of time and effort and money in trying to defeat Proposition 3. And I'm sure that many of you are devastated today, and I would be too if I lived in Michigan. Because now you're looking at almost a permanent right to abortion in the state constitution of Michigan. That's what basically happened uh, yesterday on Election Day. And so if you're feeling that way, if you're feeling disappointed, devastated, discouraged, I want to give you a little bit of hope to start out. And that is this. Jesus said that in the world you will have trouble but I have overcome the world. And so we need to have our focus on Jesus Christ and his sovereignty over the nations. Nothing happens without Jesus's awareness 
Uh, it's not like he was caught off guard by all of this. Of course, he would have wanted the, uh, the, the constitutional amendment to be defeated, of course, because he's opposed to the shedding of innocent blood. But it didn't happen. And so for my friends in Michigan and even across the country, if you're feeling disappointed that this wasn't a red wave that so many people predicted, let me just say from, from the perspective and viewpoint of a veteran in the culture wars, you got to wake up, you got to take, take account of what's happened, learn your lessons, take some time with the Lord, brush yourself off, and get back to work. Because we don't have time to sit back and allow the devil, the evil one, to discourage us. Because the fight continues on. We've lost a battle in Michigan. That's for certain. But we haven't lost the war. And so remember why you began this. And when you encounter defeat, dig deep within you and go to the Lord and continue to chase your goals. Uh, we cannot let these defeats uh, devastate us. And then turn off the television and the negative voices that you're going to hear that are only going to uh, discourage you further. Find support with like-minded friends and family and church members. Uh, learn patience and understand that uh, we need to keep these defeats in perspective and then get away for a while and then get back to work. So that's my encouragement to those who might be feeling discouraged by the results last night, especially uh, our Michigander friends. But let's look at Michigan. Uh, the vote went down, and as of the current tally, uh, it went down 56% to 43%. Now, that's a pretty wide margin. Many people thought it was going to be a toss-up. In fact, we had internal polling telling us that it was pretty much a 50-50 thing. It could have gone either way. Well, obviously, it didn't. And if we look back, I, I can, you know, I don't, I'm not going to place blame on anybody because I don't think there was anything done wrong that would have brought about, if done correctly, uh, anything majorly done wrong that, if done correctly, would have led to a victory. This, this, this 13% defeat, 13-point defeat, is not overcome necessarily by proper messaging and campaigning. There's something deeper uh, in this number that we need to recognize. Uh, the first thing is this. Roe was overturned. We all understand that. And I've said this before. I'll say it again. Not because the pro-life movement has won the argument with the American people over abortion. We have not prevailed in changing hearts and minds sufficiently enough uh, to, to win the battle. In fact, if you look at the polling currently, about 60% of Americans thinks, thinks Roe versus Wade was the right balance between pro-choice and pro-life. That has not changed. And that is being uh, demonstrated in these numbers. Michigan, 56, uh, for abortion, 43% against, kind of lines up with the polling on Roe versus Wade. So Roe was overturned not because of the cultural change on abortion, but because primarily and almost entirely because of Donald Trump. Because Donald Trump put three justices on the U.S. Supreme Court that providentially were votes to overturn Roe v. Wade. 
Now, what does this do? Uh, for all intents and purposes, it repeals a 1931 law that would have gone into effect uh, if this went the other direction. But because now there's a constitutional amendment that gives the right to Michiganders to have an abortion, that repeals that 1931 law. Now, I will say this. It's actually somewhat encouraging that the number was under 60%. Because if you look at these other constitutional amendments in other states like California, Vermont, uh, even Kentucky, California had a proposition to legalize abortion up to birth. We all knew where that was headed, but that was at 68%. That's the state of California, deep blue state. Michigan being a purple state uh, was 56%. So that's only 12 percentage points off from California. That should be an encouraging signal for some of us. Uh, when you look at Vermont, 72% voted to legalize abortion and enshrine it in its constitution. So 50%, 56%, for those of us who are on the battlefield on this, uh, is a defeat, no question, but it's not a landslide defeat by any means. And so I take some heart and courage that we're still in the fight, that the American people have not completely decided what they believe on abortion, and that gives me hope. So let's move on to Kentucky. The numbers in Kentucky uh, the reverse was attempted there. In Michigan, it was in a, uh, the pro-abortion uh, folks put forward a constitutional amendment to legalize or enshrine in the Constitution the right to abortion. In Kentucky, what they put on the, on the ballot was the reverse. Pro-lifers put on the ballot wording that would say that there is no right to abortion in the Constitution, and they would leave it up to the legislature to decide what their abortion laws would be. Unfortunately, that amendment, a, a proposed amendment went down also by a lesser margin, though, 52 percent to 47 percent. And so what can we draw from those two situations? What we can draw from the Michigan situation is there are going to be blue states and purple states that in the coming years are likely going to put constitutional amendments on the ballot to expand abortion and try it in their state constitutions. That's going to happen. And we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But in states like Kentucky, who are deep red, for the most part, red states, pro-lifers have tried to do this. They've tried to do the reverse. And that is say there is no right to the abortion in the Constitution. And we have lost both of those attempts in Kansas and Kentucky. They have failed. And we need to learn from that. And the lesson learned primarily is this. Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, we need to beat back and win and defeat these bad things from happening. We are 0 for 2 in red states by trying to protect or give the right to abortion or the decision over abortion to state legislatures. We shouldn't be doing this again in any other states. And I would discourage you, if you're listening to the sound of my voice and you're proposing or thinking about working to propose this type of an initiative or ballot measure in a state that's red or purple, I would say let's not waste our resources on that. Let's work on other ways of protecting unborn children through the legislature or by repealing bad law at the state constitutional level. All right, let's move on to Ohio. That is my resident state. That's where Created Equal is based. 
And we take great courage by the numbers yesterday. Uh, there's a couple of lessons learned there, and that is this. I think Ohio is a reliably red state. I think in 2024, it's going to go Republican for the president, as, as it did in 20, 2020. It's very similar uh, in what's happening in Florida. Uh, J.D. Vance won handily yesterday for our U.S. Senate seat. Uh, our Supreme Court justices, all three that were up for election, Republican Supreme Court justices won their races. And so now we have a Republican majority, conservative majority on the Supreme Court here in Ohio. And why does that matter? Because the heartbeat bill is currently being held up in court and is going to make its way up to the state Supreme Court here, uh, I would say, fairly soon. And I would expect the state Supreme Court to say there is no right to abortion in the state constitution. And therefore, the heartbeat bill here in Ohio, the heartbeat law, will go into effect and be enforced. So we should take some heart in Ohio, in states like Ohio, because we have the makings of a 2024 victory for a Republican candidate. And if pro-abortion forces come to Ohio and try to do what they did in Michigan, it's not going to be the same result, in my opinion. I think we have a very fair chance of beating that here, where Michigan is just a whole different situation because of the city of Detroit, kind of like Chicago, Atlanta, Philadelphia. Detroit controls all of Michigan. It's corrupt politically. You have a governor who is a Democrat. The uh, the laws in the state are very permissive to abortion. That's not the same situation we see in Ohio. We have a Republican governor, attorney general, secretary of state, now a Supreme Court that's Republican. We have the heartbeat bill, which should be going into effect. I think that we stand a pretty good chance in defeating a pro-abortion measure if it comes here in 2024. Now, let me go back and just uh, revisit this. Then I want to talk about the Florida race with Ron DeSantis and the prospects for 2024. Uh, you know, I haven't had a whole time, a lot of time to write up an after action report on Michigan uh, because we were very much involved uh, in the effort up there. Created Equal invested heavily uh, with our resources on the ground and otherwise to try to defeat that measure. So I have a pretty, uh, a pretty good idea of what happened up there. Two things I point to. And again, I don't think that any of the messaging per se by itself led to its defeat. But I think we need to make the main thing the main thing. When you're trying to stop the expansion of abortion in a state like Michigan or anywhere else, we need to make it about abortion. We need to prevail over the public that abortion is something the that that state does not want. Uh, and I think in Michigan, we attempted to avoid the discussion directly about abortion and bring up some of these ancillary issues, like it repeals parental consent laws. It repeals all the pro-life protections, although these are good arguments to make secondary to the main one, which abortion kills children. That should be the main case we're making to the people. Uh Issues of parental consent when it came to uh, gender reassignment surgery was brought up. Uh, other things like that.
Oh, sterilizations were also brought up in the discussion that that would uh, basically make that those legal and parents would not have to be notified. Uh, one other thing is that, and if you would, Mr. Producer, pop up that uh, yard sign. This is a yard sign that was put out all across Michigan. And if you see, it says register to vote pro, uh, uh, and defeat Proposition 3. Uh, it's too, too confusing, too extreme. Agreed that the constitutional amendment, the way it was written, was confusing. But that's not a reason people are going to vote against it. I mean, it's just not. If you're going to the extent to say the language in the amendment is too confusing, in my view, you have already handed over that ground to the other side. You, you're, in other words, you are almost communicating that our case against abortion is not convincing enough on its own that we have to go to arguments like the amendment's confusing. I don't think anyone's going to vote against an amendment because it's confusing, because I think they can figure it out pretty close if they can read it, right? And this was going to expand abortion up to the very moment of birth. Everybody knew that. So making it about being too confusing, again, was so way down on the list of reasons to vote against this, it wasn't going to be a driver against the, the amendment and lead to its defeat. So make the main thing the main thing. And that's where victim photography and video come into place. We cannot expect the American people, or for that matter, the, the citizens of the state of Michigan or any other state, to outlaw something if they don't know what it is. And I can tell you this, I can make a pretty good argument against abortion rhetorically with words alone, but it's never going to be as good as if I make it using visual aids of the injustice itself. Social reformers have always used graphic imagery to make their case. The pro-life movement is the only one that doesn't do it. And the reason we don't do it for the most part is because we are afraid of what people might think of us, that they might be turned off. And in this case, there were folks within the Michigan coalition that actually fought against created equal to try to keep us from showing the truth about abortion, the evidence, photographic and video evidence about abortion when we were up there. If you don't believe me, let me read to you in part this email that I received from somebody within the Right to Life community of Michigan. And here's what it says. They'll remain anonymous for obvious reasons. We appreciate your motivation talking to us at Created Equal, but have deep and serious concerns with your plan and ask that you do not go through with it. In other words, they didn't want us to come to show abortion victim photography on trucks and video screens, airplane tow banners, and our, our sandwich board signs in downtown squares and college campuses. We in Michigan's pro-life movement have been working strategically. In other words, they ex they're basically saying we're not strategic strategically hard to convince enough voters to vote no. We know many soft pro-abortion people and other undecideds will vote no when we enlighten them on the huge expansion of issues in Proposal 3. And they're talking about repeal of consent, parental consent, uh, abortion up to the very moment of birth, 
uh, issues like sterilization, gender reassignment surgery, uh, the, the amendment being confusing and other things. Not, in other words, not really about abortion. And then, then they finish up with this. If you hit them hard with your photos in Michigan, they will see your black back. There will be a backlash from your effort, which will fuel many to vote yes out of spite and anger at pro-life people. Now, <laughs> okay, maybe people might be angry, but I tell you this, they're already yes votes. If someone is going to get that upset about seeing the victim of abortion when coming to trying to evaluate whether to vote yes or no on a proposition that might expand abortion, they're already a yes vote. They're not a middle-of-the-road, lukewarm, mushy middle voter that we're after. In fact, the premise of this email is that abortion victims, the viewing of them, lead middle-of-the-roaders, people that have not made their mind up one way or the other on abortion, lead them to become more pro-abortion than they were prior. First of all, there's no evidence of that. And second of all, it's completely nonsensical. So if, if you show an aborted baby to someone who's undecided on abortion and they choose to be more pro-abortion, I mean, then they're already pro-abortion and they're going to deny the evidence and live in ignorance over that. They're just go not going to recognize the reality of what abortion is and does. We find the opposite to be true. We find that those people who are on the middle on, on pro-choice, pro-life debate are moved. Maybe not a whole lot, but they're moved to the pro-life position when they see our abortion victim photography and video. They believe that, and I'll go on, that your plan would set us back terribly. Do not jeopardize our efforts. So in other words, they're thinking that if you show abortion victim photography and video, it's going to actually hurt the effort, not help it. We got to get beyond this, friends. Uh, if we cannot use, if, if we can't prevail over somebody by showing the reality of what it is, the injustice, then, then we have no chance of winning this debate on abortion in America with the American people. Because I can tell you, Making it about all these ancillary issues is not going to be convincing enough to these voters to vote against abortion. They need to see it as an act of violence that kills a baby. An evil like we've never seen in human history that needs to be abolished and eradicated altogether. Uh, we can't dance around this and hope that we're going to, by being nice and not angering people, that they're going to come along our side because they like us. Liked reformers are rarely effective and effective reformers are rarely liked. We know that historically we got to get over ourselves here, friends. This does not help our case. And I don't think it helped us in Michigan. All right, let's move on to Ohio. Uh, I'm sorry, Florida. Let's move on to Florida. And of course, we are all very encouraged by the victory by Ron DeSantis in Florida. Uh, overwhelming victory, a landslide, if you will. This is very rare in, in, uh, in state politics and gubernatorial elections to see this kind of one-sided victory. But what does this tell us? First of all, it tells us Ron DeSantis is a good governor. Second of all, it tells us the Hispanic voters and uh, Cuban voters are coming to the Republican side. And it sets up Ron DeSantis 
for 2024. No question about it. He is now, in my view, the front runner. I think Donald Trump would have been. But I think this sets up a, a clash of the titans. If, if, if Donald Trump declares for president, Ron DeSantis is probably going to be his number one contender. And it's going to be interesting to how that all shakes out. So let me, fit, let me finish with this. Friends, we need to be prepared what's coming. In 2024, it's highly likely, based on the results that we have seen here in the 2022 election when it comes to these state constitutional amendments on abortion, to see up to, I would say, 10 states at least that are going to be proposing these uh, expansions of abortion, this attempt to enshrine it in the state constitutions. Those could be in Arizona, Nevada, Minnesota, Virginia, Maine, Pennsylvania, uh, Georgia, Wisconsin, and I would also include Ohio in that. And so we need to think about this as a land war where we have lost ground in Michigan. We have lost ground in Vermont and all these other states, California and other places. We need to consolidate our resources and fight in the places we can win. We need to be on defense, not offense, and beat back these attempts in these 10 battlegrounds in 2024. And the, the, the pro-life movement needs to be thinking very, uh, very hard about what to do strategically in the next two years. So here's our lessons learned by the defeat in Michigan where we were unable to defeat the Proposition 3 that legalized and expanded abortion up to the very moment of birth and enshrined it in the state constitution. And that's this. We need border state rescue units. That is ultrasound units that would be placed on the borders of states like Michigan, which are now abortion havens, so that women, parents, who might be crossing the border from Indiana or Ohio or other states where abortion is severely restricted or banned, would be coming to have their abortions. Created Equal is putting these on the borders of border states, and we need them more than ever in the aftermath of the events in the last few days and the 2022 elections. So you can support this effort by going to createdequal.org and donate to the effort. So we'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember, America, to bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to make a difference for the cause of life, liberty, and justice, go to createdequal.org. To follow Mark, go to markharringtonshow.com. Be sure to tune in next time for your marching orders in the culture war.